0: Business Unusual, separating economic facts from fiction. Good evening and welcome to Business Unusual. I am Monelisa Dube, and this evening we are talking housing. Now, the provision of housing, especially for low income earners, has been a major problem in different parts of the world, especially in developing countries. And the situation has seen an increase in unplanned and, in most cases, illegal settlements. And Zimbabwe is no exception. And this has mainly been as a result of the Rural to urban migration. So, I had a conversation uh, earlier with the Minister of National Housing and Social Amenities, Honorable Daniel Garway, just to have an understanding of what the government's plan is in ensuring that everyone has decent housing, especially considering the backlog that the country has. And this was our conversation. See. Thank you, Honourable Minister, for your time uh, with us. We need to just clear out a few issues that are happening within the housing space. So, before we start the conversation, maybe if you can just clarify for us mm. what is the difference between your ministry, housing, and uh, social amenities from the local government ministry?
1: Thank you very much. I think there is some confusion coming from then. The Minister of Local Government, Public Works, and the National Housing then was responsible for the housing delivery program. The president saw it fit to create a brand new ministry and a standalone ministry to deal with the housing and social amenities issues. That's how the Minister of social, National Housing and Social Amenities was created. But the major difference is we are responsible for housing delivery. We are responsible for human settlements management. The Minister of Local Government and Public Works is responsible among other responsi- I mean, responsibilities, is responsible for the management of local authorities, the management of urban state land, and, and, and the, the construction and the management of institutional buildings, like the new parliament. Right. Yes, that, that's Minister of Minister of Local Government and Public Works. We are responsible for where there are human beings and their settlements. So human settlements and the policy on human settlements was, was born here and is managed here.
0: In your ministry? In our ministry. Okay, so yes. you're the right person to talk about housing. So Zimbabwe has a backlog about 1.5 million uh, of housing, which has increased over the years. What is your plan?
1: Well, that's a very good question and very relevant too. The backlog stretches from 1.5 million to 2 million. Because every day that comes by, somebody wants to have a house. We, we are assisted with that as government, is central government, we assist that responsibility. And we have set our targets in the housing delivery programs. In terms of the national delivery strategy one, we have said we want to deliver 220,000 housing units by 2025. That's first stage the balance of the houses will be delivered by 2030. There are stakeholders and players that are responsible for housing delivery. It's not central government responsibility alone. There are many players. Pension funds and insurance companies have got the responsibility in terms of their their constitutions to provide funding for housing delivery, to participate in housing delivery. Financial institutions by virtue of providing mortgage facilities also participate in housing delivery. Central Bank participates through through our ministry, the Ministry of Local Government, and other sister ministries in the provision. Other ministries provide assistance through their parastatals. For instance, Ministry of Labor has got NASA. NASA owns the National Building Society. National Building Society's sole responsibility housing delivery. So so I want to demystify the myth that people have got that housing delivery is solely the responsibility of central so, government. So
0: where is, what is your role in all of this? You've listed private players, you've listed other parastatals within government. As the Ministry of Housing, what is your role in all of this?
1: Our primary role is to provide an environment suitable for housing delivery to make sense. We put laws in place that ensure that housing delivery is achieved as our primary role. But over and above that, we also participate on the ground in the construction of, as I a mean, in the construction of houses, flats, and social amenities. So we are players in the regulator at the same time.
0: Right, so let, let's break down this two hundred and twenty thousand units by twenty twenty five. You know, it's like uh, there's so many concerns. How realistic is this? This is one of those promises that government is making that we're not seeing and just now you've just clarified that it's a holistic approach, everyone is playing a part. So let's break down the two hundred and twenty thousand. Who is responsible for how many?
1: Well, we cannot break it down in terms of this one does 20 houses, does, does, this one does 50 houses. It doesn't work like that. We are saying everybody is responsible for the delivery of houses, so that we clear the backlog that way. We but we've got different roles that we play.
0: But if you don't have it, figures, then uh, how do you get to 220? I am
1: coming to that. We what, what I'm saying, Mona Lisa, is we, we don't look at it in terms of saying central government will build 100 houses. Banks will build 50 houses. It's not structured in that way. We know, overall, we are supposed to be delivering 220,000 houses by 2025. Right. First, what's, what is critical as a starting point is to provide land, and that's the responsibility of central government and its local authorities, provide land at intrinsic value so that the housing becomes affordable we are aware that the, the major cost driver in housing delivery at the moment is the cost of land. Right. So we are saying we want to provide affordable land first. And we are saying because of the experiences that we have gone through in terms of the Lagos issues that we inherited, where we have got informal settlements, irregular settlements, settlements where there are no services, we are saying through the human settlements policy which we crafted and we are managing all settlements going forward must have on-site offset infrastructure first before houses are built so that we have got order so that we can produce title deeds so that everybody has got security of tenure on that property so that's the direction that we are taking
0: so how far are you with that because 2025 is what three years from now
1: 2025 is three years from now what we are doing is, we realize that if we follow the brick and mortar tradition, it may not be possible to achieve that objective. So, government has now adopted the use of new technologies in housing delivery. I'll give you an example. Dubai was built, the Dubai that you see today was developed in the backdrop of application of new technologies. Otherwise, they couldn't have afforded that. You go to Russia, Russia has been recalibrated in terms of the housing delivery at the backdrop of new technology. China. You go to China, you go to Egypt now, they are building a whole new city at the backdrop of, of new technology. And we are saying the world is round. We don't have to redesign it ourselves in Zimbabwe. Let's join the rest of the, of the world and adopt the, the application of new technologies. As we are speaking, we are talking to Shelter Africa, they are extending a loan to, to the government of Zimbabwe for the construction of uh, a technology plant, which will be responsible for build, for producing building materials that are used for, 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 for new technologies. So we are quite confident that once that is put in place, we'll move, we'll move in place.
0: Prime well, Minister, housing still remains one of the most expensive, um, if it wasn't as expensive I'm sure all of us would be house owners, but I guess because of that expense that comes to building a house and mortgages, I think they are revolving around 40% now uh, to get a mortgage, not everyone has access to that. So what is your plan in ensuring that there is accessibility to this housing plan and also affordability for the regular Zimbabwean?
1: It's a very pertinent question. The issue of affordability is addressed through the application of new technologies. Technologies have got two benefits that the beneficiaries will enjoy. One, the speed at which the house is constructed. It cuts the speed of construction or the frame by 50%. It also cuts the cost of construction by 50%. So we are now producing the same product at half the cost and half the time. That's why we're so confident that we'll be able to, to deliver. You mentioned the issue of mortgage facilities. I agree with you 100%. The mortgage facility systems that are in Zimbabwe are not answering the, answer, the, the questions that are coming from the Zimbabwean citizen. Zimbabwe is predominantly SMEs right now. Right. Yeah, and a lot of our people, particularly the young generations, are self-employed. And you are expecting a person to create a a, a payslip for, for himself or herself for that person to be able to access mortgage, mortgage facility, because those are the conditions expected from a, the current mortgage system. What we are now doing is develop some models. We are talking to the banks. Last week we were talking to Bank BC and said, look, if the housing delivery is to make sense, mm-hmm. we must relook really look at the mortgage system. Why can't we now move from the mortgage system where you want a person to be employed by a corporate to a system where we can probably say rent to own as a model it's still the same mortgage right. you are paying your rentals but you are paying towards the procurement of the house or the procurement of the flat whatever you are not looking at or let's re, let's bring back the, the, rental, the rental market now, when we were growing up ourselves when we were young generations 25 or after co- college leavers, we knew that from from university i will look for a job i'll get a job i'll look for a flat i will rent one a bed sitter single room then from there you graduate as you mature as you grow right but uh, this tragedy we have right now is that of ownership even a college <laughs> liver today wants to own a house it,
0: is that a bad it, thing
1: it's not a bad thing, but it's not sustainable. We want to embark on policies that are sustainable. Right. We need to create the, recreate the, the rental market for the college leavers, the upstarts. Then you graduate from there to, to ownership. Those are the models that we are looking at.
0: You speak about, okay, I have a couple of questions based on what you've just uh, spoken about. You spoke about how you are engaging with financial institutions for models that make sense considering the informal economy that Zimbabwe is operating in now. Are they welcoming of this? Because at the end of the day, they are supposed to be profitable institutions.
1: Look, to move from the the standard British-generated mortgage system, to a Zimbabwe born mortgage system is not an unprofitable idea, you still make your profit. What is changing is the model, it doesn't take away the profitability. So aspect.
0: are they welcoming of this
1: idea? They, 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 they are welcoming it out of the 16 banks, we have spoken to quite a number, about 9 institutions now, and of course resistance is expected, you know people resist change, it's expected. Even institutions also resist change. But they are welcoming to it, yes. And the way we are looking at it and say, let's, let's put our minds together. Let's think through, let's interrogate these issues and see what is best for Zimbabwe. And let's develop what, that which is best for Zimbabwe.
0: So speaking of the rent to buy option that you actually spoke about uh, earlier on, one would argue that the reason why it's not working in the Zimbabwean context is because of how unstable, maybe unstable the local currency is. I mean, you've been following trends, it's been depreciated against the US dollar in the past few weeks. So, how is that model sustainable in the Zimbabwean context for that rent-to-buy option?
1: How are people paying rent those that are renting in the same environment? If I may ask you. In US place.
0: dollars. You do know that right now, landlords are charging in US dollars, mostly.
1: Well, I, I, I'm, I'm hearing it from you. But people are are paying rentals it could be in u.s dollars but pegged in the local currency pegged in u.s dollars but pegged in local currency i pay my rent
0: in u.s dollars
1: the currency of accountability in the country is a zimbabwean dollar i think zimbabweans must live to that we are not a u.s dollar economy and we must never fool ourselves to think that one day but what
0: is on the ground minister
1: yeah yeah what is on the ground is as a result of indiscipline is a result of greed as a result of people wanting to do what the neighbor is doing what we don't have good reasons why our 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 currency is not stable we don't have
0: I hear you Minister. But the reality on the ground is that most people are paying their rentals in US dollars. And if we do say people pay in local currency, how do we make that model sustainable considering what has been happening to the local currency in the past few weeks?
1: Let me speak using your language. People are paying rentals in US dollars. Right. People are paying prices in US dollars, but also paying in, 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 in local currency. Right for as long as we make that component that is being paid in US dollars affordable and sustainable, it's, a, it's achievable. All, that, all we are saying as government is, instead of going through the rig of some very sophisticated and difficult paperwork, which is called the mortgage, mortgage documentation, why can't we reduce it to a simple, simple paperwork that people can understand that I'm now renting this property. The rentals that I'm paying are contributing towards my procurement of the house.
0: So it will be in US dollars?
1: Well, we, 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 we... I don't know about the US dollars, it's a debate for a different day. For now, we'll look at the currency of accountability, which is the Zimbabwean dollar.
0: Right, this is Business Unusual. I'm Mona Lisa Dube. We are with the Minister of Housing and Social Amenities, uh, Daniel Garre, and we are talking about housing in Zimbabwe. Now, some people would argue, Minister, that the current situation of uh, housing backlogs and shortages was actually, to some extent, created by the government uh, during the Operation Murambachina era, when I think around 2005, where about 700,000 people were displaced, uh, where it was in business or where they were staying and we are now seeing this situation where we have unplanned settlements that are coming up due to this backlog or poor housing facilities in zimbabwe so what is your plan with unplanned settlements
1: i want to correct uh, your statement that uh, unplanned settlements were born out of murambachina unplanned and I sett- and no, i
0: said the backlog the housing backlog
1: the, the both the backlog was not created by Murambachina. Murambatrina was a, a government program to bring order and discipline in the housing delivery program. That was the basis of Murambachina. Then the, the, the informal settlements or unplanned settlements that we are referring to were born out of uh, the human settlements policy of 2013-2014, which encouraged parallel developments. Where you could build your house at the same time we are doing services. Government, government didn't have adequate financial resources to to provide the on-site, off-site when on site, off site infrastructure on its own. It invited property developers and said, Look, we government has got land. We You guys have got the financial resources and the expertise necessary for housing delivery. Why don't we join hands? We provide land. You come and provide the services. You sell a services stand to a home seeker and you recover your costs and make a bit of money. That was the, 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 that was the understanding. But what then happened on the ground, unfortunately, is uh, one, where we can blame government or we can take responsibility as government is one, the supervision of the developers was not implemented. They were left to do things on their own. Right. To the developers themselves became rocky. Instead of focusing on the mandates that they were given in terms of the agreements that they had with government, they started selling virgin land, you know, with the hope of getting money and then and do the services later, which never happened. Because what was being encouraged was a person can start building a house, but whilst the roads are being constructed. The thing that was supposed to have been done first before everything else was the production of master plans by the the Department of Fiscal Planning from the Minister of Local Government and Public Works. Unfortunately, that service was also subcontracted to developers, but you can get a a special planner yourself who can come and do the layout plans and everything else, because layout plans will then give you the direction as to where a road is coming, where the sewer line is coming, where the water line is coming, and then where the house can be built then we can then do the parallel development. But the developers became greedy, they became roggy, and they turned themselves into now what we are calling land barons, right. and they started selling land and developed and serviced to unsuspecting homesickers. And this is what created this, uh, this animal that we have, which is called an unplanned or informal settlements. So
0: what is your plan there?
1: We now have a new policy in place, the Zimbabwe National Human Settlements Policy, which is now addressing those issues. Which is now addressing the issues of security of tenure, that uh, the land must have titles. I think we are aware that the president, about two months ago, was talking of issuance of title deeds right. to people that are living in areas where they don't have title deeds. It's part of that he was he was calling the the human settlements policy to be active, because it it addresses the issues of. Uh, of security of tenure that's number one number two master plans and layout plans must be produced before any settlement is, is, is put in place number three that on-site off-site infrastructure must be provided before any any superstructure is constructed it's a policy position whoever has now seen building in a house in the virgin land is attracting the law to, to act on that person so,
0: so what would you say and, and
1: also before that we have also realized that land is a finite resource we cannot continue to be developing expansively horizontally we have now said 40 percent of all buildable or developable land must be set aside for the construction of flats which we are calling intensification so these are some of the policy, policy stations which addresses the, your question.
0: So what would you say to someone because like you said um land barons are the ones that sell land some people are not aware that it's against the law i su- I, suppo- I suppose what would you say to someone what are the precautions that you would advise someone to take when they are being sold land
1: don't buy land from land barons land barons do not own land the land is owned by the state ask for the documentation and check for the validity of that documentation it, that can be verified either through this ministry or the Ministry of local government and public works
0: and when we look at the issue that is happening now where we have a lot of people in the urban centers it's ma- mainly caused by rural uh, to urban migration so what is your ministry's plan in ensuring that you're also developing the rural areas so that not everyone is running away from their to just come into where it's happening in the city centers?
1: Beautiful question. We have a Department of Rural Housing and Social Amenities within the ministry, which is focusing one on upgrading the quality of houses that are built in the rural areas. But we've got RDCs which are first growing into towns now. We now have a, a, a department that deals with the development more than Affordable and sustainable houses in the RDCs. We are also developing what we are calling dormitory cities or smart cities. Dormitory cities are in no way going to be competing with major cities, but they are playing a complementary role. We have got what we are call, calling Melford Smart City. Melford is between Harare and, and Marondere, it is going to create housing facilities for people that could be working in Arari or working in, in Marondera, one way. Secondly, it's co- also going to create employment within that, because the, the, the concept of a smart city is to create an environment where people can live, work and play. So we are saying, what are the economic drivers of that area where we want to build a smart city? And then we develop industries that are directly related to to the economic drivers of that. Melfort is an agricultural area. and it's predominantly horticulture, so agricultural processing factories and warehouses will be built in that regard, and that's what we are doing.
0: Do you have a time frame for this? Well,
1: these are long-term projects. Um, we have wanted to be, uh, be on the ground right now in terms of north because land mm. through the president minister of lands mm. because this is agricultural land. Being converted into urban land, we all are your poor minister of uh, local government because they are responsible for urban state land. Minister of local government, you the us for housing delivery. So, so that's it's a process, it's a process, yeah. All
0: right, so uh, this Tuesday during cabinet, um, was announced that there will be a groundbreaking ceremony and laying of a foundation stone at the official opening of the Shelter Africa AGM. Uh, how many housing units are we looking at here?
1: We're looking at uh, 3,000 housing units throughout the country. They are not mm-hmm. going to be domiciled in one specific area. We're going to spread them throughout the, the 10 provinces of the country.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And how does one become a beneficiary?
1: The, you come here, We have the details. The minister, the minister of this ministry through this department of both departments, rural and urban mm-hmm. housing, and urban housing will be seized with the, with the documentation in terms of in terms of uh, how people access those houses
0: mm-hmm. yes. so let's talk about the upcoming uh, shelter Freak 41st uh, annual general meeting and when just just to give a background to our listeners the shelter Freak is a pan african financial institution that supports african housing right why is this such a big deal for zimbabwe to be hosting this
1: the 41st agm and symposium it's a it's a big deal for zimbabwe one if you look at the, His Excellency engagement and the re engagement policy, we are, we are engaging with 45 African countries who are Class A shareholders of Shield Africa, of which Zimbabwe is one of the shareholders. Right. So, engaging them, we're bringing them in, into Victoria Falls to discuss nothing else other than housing. We are also bringing in Class B shareholders, which is the reinsurance companies and African Development Bank, who are Class B shareholders. To zimbabwe together with all their business partners we are also extending our invitations to financial institutions throughout the world who, who, who wishes to do business with africa to come to zimbabwe and deliberate on the alternative funding models and funding alternatives to housing delivery so so the and also our tourism industry is going to be Experience a boom in that week in Victoria Falls. We are aware that Victoria, Victoria Falls is our tourism's capital and we are bringing all this business to them. So it's so so critical in terms of Zimbabwe.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And I know that uh, as Zimbabwe we joined uh, Shelter Freak in 1993. What have we benefited as a country by being part of this?
1: We've benefited a lot. Initially Shelter Freak was providing lines of credit to property developers and financial institutions. Our financial institutions, namely Bank ABC, CBZ, FBC Bank, have benefited over the years, have benefited, I think, in excess of, have benefited in excess of $60 million to date. Mm-hmm. But over and above that, last year, at the shelter freak 40th GM in Cameroon, a declaration was made that uh, the loans the lines of credit must also be extended to the to shareholders which is the 45 African countries who are shareholders and they are now being extended as sovereign loans it's very affordable rates, three percent And Zimbabwe is among the first five countries to benefit that 25 million dollars so that's a massive benefit
0: absolutely and when we look at this year's theme climate change and uh... The built environment. How is it relevant in the Zimbabwean context?
1: Two years ago, we experienced the a devastating event in uh, in Chimanimani. We lost lives in Chimanimani because of the floods, which were as a result of the climate change. We, and the reason why those houses were basically swept away, was the quality of the houses, the type of designs, the type of the materials that were built to construct those houses. So we are now saying, because of climate change. We cannot sit as built environment experts and and look. We now need to reconfigure it to re interrogate ourselves in terms of what type of designs should we come up with as engineers as architects, which speak to climate change, right. and what type of materials should we use to build these new houses or new new structures that speak to that speak to climate change, and that's what we, that's why we came up with this thing climate change in the built environment and what are the what is the impact of the climate change to the built environment in terms of costs are we going to end up with and things that are not buildable in terms of both the costs have gone up or are we going to manage the cost how are we going to manage the cost if we're managing we can now talk of the new technologies that are now on board you know all those are issues that have brought about not only to, to to speed up the speed of construction the cost but also to manage the broader perspective of of the impact of climate change on the built environment
0: right now finally Minister Gary you are the first vice chairperson of the shelter freak bureau and you will also be assuming the chairperson of uh, the at the coming annual general meeting how are you going to use these roles to benefit Zimbabwe Africa
1: firstly is to is to spread that the agenda of housing delivery. You know, Africa has got, I think, in excess of 4.5 billion housing units in terms of backlog. 4.5 billion. It's a, it's a massive order. So we, what we need to do is ensure that we speed up the processing of credit, lines of credit to beneficiaries within the countries. We speed up the processing of, of, of sovereign loans to the beneficiaries so that the downstream benefits are enjoyed by governments now building, having access to affordable funding to build houses for their for their citizens. But more importantly, is to change the landscape in the in the rural communities. You are aware that every African country is seized with sixty percent plus of its population being domiciled in the rural communities, served with open defecation and pit latrines. Right. Yeah. If, Zimbabwe as a case in point. If we are to talk of Vision 2030 and upper middle income economy status, then we must seriously look at how we should upgrade our rural communities. And this is where the affordable funding from Short Africa comes into play, in terms of ensuring that we have got rural waste management systems, systems that are flashable installed in the rural communities. And coupled with that, the government has already started drilling balls in in the rural communities under a presidential board drilling scheme. And we want now to ride on this big by saying water well, is being provided in terms of bowls, let's now have flashable systems in those areas. The cabinet has already approved what I'm talking about. So these are issues that are now at implementation stage. We last week we had our tenders approved by by Pras Programming the Regul- Regulatory Authority of Zimbabwe for the applicate upgrading of, of the waste management systems in the rural communities and we said look this phase one let's start with the schools at least a school in every in all the ten provinces and see how it works then second phase we then ensure that all the schools are upgraded to flashable systems then in the meantime we will be working with the minister of local government and public works and the local authorities in upgrading our bylaws so that our bylaws Accommodates or include the upgrading of flashable systems. We then now move from institutions to individual households where it's now, people are now being encouraged to move away from a pit latrine to a flushable system. And these systems are different from the urban ones. These are systems that use grey water. The water that you would have ordinarily thrown away after bathing or after washing your blankets and you then you, you feed it into, into a reservoir. And that comes the flashable system using the same technologies in modern flashing systems so that's what the new
0: dispensation is doing mr gareth thank you so much for our time i hope to have another interview with you following up all these plans that you've laid out and uh we'll meet in victoria falls
1: thank you very much See.
0: That was my conversation with the Minister of National Housing and Social Amenities, Daniel Garway, as he was talking about how the government plans to... Make sure that everyone has a decent housing, a decent shelter, as really it's a basic human right. And if you want more on these stories, do follow us on Twitter at ZFM News. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Mona Lisa Dube. And that's it for this evening on Business Unusual. Stay with us here on ZFM Stereo. Business Unusual. Separating economic facts from fiction.